This is Leadership in Action, and I'm Casey Cheshire. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of Boston area innovators. Sponsored by the Boston chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization, this is Leadership in Action. Here we go. The roller coaster has left the station. We are here for another uh, exciting episode, and I can't wait to introduce our guest today to you all. He's an entrepreneur, a business leader. He's got a great story of hustle, grit, hard work, innovation. Uh, He also has a knack for understanding customers and customer experience. All these things we're going to talk about. A master of masonry, a lover of landscapes with over 25 years of experience in the industry, president and owner of the Cliffstone Corporation, Ryan Bennett. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. This is great. I'm excited. We're here. We're, We're doing a podcast here to learn from you. So, the question I have to start this whole thing off is what is a common misconception about leadership, running a business or being an entrepreneur? Uh, so I'll give this some thought based on, uh, you know, working in the trades. Uh, one of the myths I wanted to bust was that it, you have to have a college education or an MBA in order to run a business or be an entrepreneur and have success. Um, uh, you know, the trades has always been sort of a, uh, perception that it was a fallback plan, or if you couldn't get into college, uh, then you could always work in the trades. Um, and goes all the way back to being in high school. You know, the perception when I was younger was if you if you couldn't really hack it in school, you went to a vocational school and learned a trade. Right, right. Wow. All right. So where where does this myth come from? Why is there this myth this misconception that we you have to go get you know the degree and in the degree beyond the degree, the MBA, all the, all the things. Why, why is there that, that belief you have to have that? Well, in a lot of cases, the trades, the, there's so many different levels of what you can do in a trade. I mean, it can be all the way down to just being a, a laborer that is, uh, you know, tending to a mason or, or tending to somebody who is in charge of the project. Um, so it can be a low skilled position, uh, but you don't also take into consideration that in the trades, you have people that are project managers, construction supervisors, um, the owner of the business. All of that stuff is all involved in the trades. And it's a matter of what you put in and what you get out as to how far you want to go with it. But um, the opportunities are endless in the trades, especially right now with what's going on. Uh, you know, everybody needs help. The business is booming. Uh, buildings are going up everywhere. So there's a huge opportunity for young kids to, to get involved with the trades, find something that they're interested in, use their hands and really be successful. Got it. Okay. So I, I think what's interesting about this. So to that, that earlier question, this misconception, especially as it comes to the trades, the idea that um, may you see the guy pushing around the wheelbarrow and you think it's just, 300 people pushing a wheelbarrow around, but to your point, no, you've got, you've got layers to this. Yes. You've got the laborers and you, but then you've got people who specialize and then you need their, their, you know, managers and they need their supervisors and you need the people that, you know, do the billing and there's a whole structure around it. So it's, it's a mistake to just look at, you know, one particular job and think that's the whole industry. Exactly. Yeah. And and you can also look at it like you've got to take a look at, what type of skills you may have that you could specialize in. Um, and as an owner, you've got to take your employees and you've got to find out what they are really good at 
and what you can utilize them to best benefit them personally and professionally, and also to help benefit the business. Because you've got to have the right systems in place for these employees to see that the opportunities are there as long as they grab hold of them. Um, that, you know, there's so many different uh, positions in a business, like you said, whether it's rolling a wheelbarrow or operating a piece of equipment, running a truck all the way up to the top. Um, yeah. and, and unless you find out from your employees what their skills are and what they can bring to the table, then you've got to be able to take that and then put them in the right position. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to find that out. You know, it's, and it's interesting when I, when I think about, well, actually, let me just pause real quick. Can you define the trades? Cause I think we use this word, not enough. And then maybe you use it a lot if you're in it, but just sort of level set for it. What does that mean? So it's, it's any type of skill that you're going to use, whether it's building, uh, we use the landscaping, masonry, using your hands in order to accomplish something. Um, but there's some, you know, plumbers, electricians, welders, it's all trades. So the trades is wide open um, as far as opportunities for where you want to go with it. Um, and I think going back to the vocational piece, um, I don't think that we spent enough time, at least I didn't as a kid, and we don't spend enough time trying to find out what some of these kids are really good at. You don't always know leaving high school, what you want to major in in college or where you no, want to you go don't. with your career, <laughs> but you may have an interest working with a parent or a friend or something, you know, maybe you built something in the backyard or you have an interest in welding or fixing cars or something like that. Um, and, and try to grow from that experience. It, it, there's, there are different avenues that without going to college, there are associate degrees, or um, you can go to a, a trade school and learn these skills and perfect them and come right out of that school, right into the field as an apprentice without all the college debt. So it, it, it's really something that going back to the stigma is if you couldn't make it in the college world, then you got stuck doing a trade. And that's really what I'm trying to say is that that's what we're trying to debunk here is that that's right. not necessarily the case. Right. Makes total sense. So I want to follow up on that because I think the idea of discovering what your employees are good at to not only help them in their career, but also help your company. So important. I mean, you've shared, it is important for any kind of company. And I, th I think, you know, when you first shared that, I thought, you know, you probably, I, I can't wait to find out how you do that because I can imagine some, some SaaS company, some software company with, with oodles of funding and money might be throwing out tech and doing all these kind of things, but you know, how do you with, with just, you know, laborers and just, you know, unskilled labor, how do you start? And then all, also not probably all the bells and whistles of like, let's go throw a random cash at this uh, software. Right. But how, how do you just on a one-to-one -one basis figure out what people are good at? Well, part of it is working side by side with them. Um, to, to find out what you can see, what their, what their skills are, where their strengths, their strengths are. Um, but also communicating with your employees. You know, sometimes you find out that without, if you don't have a conversation with an employee about something, they may not come forward and tell you, you know, I'm really good with social media or I'm really good at operating equipment, or, you know, I've done this in my past. Maybe I can bring this to the table. So one of the things that um, I see in, especially in our trade is, you know, when you're first hired, without any experience, you're immediately, you know, thrown on a wheelbarrow and say, well, here, here's your shovel and here's your wheelbarrow and this yeah. is your job. 
you know, and, and you've got to be careful that they don't feel like this is all they're going to be doing. You know, that you've got to make sure that they understand there's opportunities to advance in the company, um, that it's a lot bigger than just wheeling around a wheelbarrow and digging with a shovel or, or carrying a drill or whatever field you may be in. You've got to be able to show them that there's more opportunities and ask them what, they, what they're looking for out of their career. Show them that the trade isn't just a job to get from one point to the other. You want to show them that it's a career opportunity. And how do you do to, that? How, how do you show them that it's a career? But I think by constantly keeping the line of communication open and giving them opportunities. One of the things that I do is that I want to make sure that every one of my employees has an opportunity to operate every piece of equipment we have at, at, at one time or another to train them, operate them, try to push them to get whatever certifications they may need, because that's only going to help me down the line if everybody knows how to operate all our equipment and everybody knows how to complete certain tasks that we do on an everyday basis. So to set up those systems that the guys know that if they want to operate an excavator, we're going to teach them how to do it. Wow. Um, they're, they're not just going to be, you know, there's one operator and nobody else gets to touch it or, you know, all the different trucks that we have, we have different lawnmowers, you know, you've, you've got to show the guys that you're willing to teach them anything that they want to learn and push them to grow. And then at the same time, showing them gratitude that they are willing to learn because it's helping me in the end along with them, you know? Yeah. I imagine you got some guys that don't care, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There are some guys that don't care and you find that other guys through conversations may say, you know, I've, I've always wanted to do this and I just, I've never had the opportunity, you know, and, and yeah. sometimes we get stuck in our day to day, of going through the rhythm of, you know, feel like you're going hundred miles an hour. And sometimes you've got to take a step back and stop and say, you know, I've been looking for somebody to do this and they might be run underneath me and I don't even realize it because I've never asked them or I've never given them the opportunity. And then you give them the opportunity and, and all of a sudden you realize, what have I been waiting for? Yeah. I could have given him this opportunity a year ago and we could have been a year further along than where we are now, you know? So um, I, I think anybody that is willing to, uh, get involved because the trades can be strenuous. You're sometimes yeah. you're outside in the heat and you're lifting heavy materials and you're working hard. So mentally and physically you're working hard all day long. So you want to make sure that when they're, if they have the, uh, the ability to show up every day to do that type of work, you want to show that there's some reward at the end of that too, mm. you know, so that they, you know, you've got to be motivated to come and do this type of work as well. You know, that, that brings up a, uh, a great question. Um, is there is there additional things you think about when you think about uh, laborers, outside work, uh, you know, the difference between, you know, I got someone working in a desk, it's a air conditioned, it's all good. You got, you got an, a team outside, they're working in the sun. Are there different considerations that come in mind? I mean, it's, or it's just, that's just the job. And yeah, how, I mean, how do you think about that? It is in some cases that is the job. I mean, the job description for us is that we're outdoors yeah. almost all year long. So you've got all the different weather aspects to it. So we're outdoors for the most part. It's physical labor. But what we've tried to do is try to get as much equipment as we possibly can to make it easier on the guys. Bring in technology for for to run the business for their side and ours. So 
everything we try to do is to try to make it so that it's less strenuous on them on a day-to-day basis and it's more efficient on the other side. Um, so you've got to spend that money to bring in the equipment to do it. But at the same time, they're not lifting every rock and digging every hole if we have the equipment that can do it. You know, so right. you've got to take that piece into consideration. But also, you know, we try to do everything we possibly can to show gratitude to the guys for whatever they're accomplishing. So they understand the people in the office that are running the office and the social media. They have their job to do and their job is to show all the great things that the guys do in the field. So you can see that it all works together. Um, each different piece comes together and, and that's what makes a project go. Yeah. All, all the different pieces come together on that. Um, I mean, I love that, that earlier question you asked, you know, what would you like to learn? Is there something here? And that really applies to any company, you know, any of the folks listening to this that have their own companies, whether you're inside or outside, just asking your team, what do you want to learn? Um, is there any, is there any risk of that? Or I think sometimes people are afraid that, you know, they don't know how to do it. So are you going to mess up a job if you have someone brand new on an excavator or on a digital marketing project? Or, you know, it's that uh, it won't be done perfectly if I have someone, you know, who's new at it, do it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest hurdles that I have to get over, but at the same time, I, I sort of lived it. You know, I started working as a kid for my father. And so I learned from the bottom up. I was the grunt for all through high school and all through college. And to get to the point that I'm at now, it's because I took all the, the steps that I needed to take in order to get here. So um, I can totally see that, you know, when I put somebody in charge of a job, you know, fingers crossed and oversee it. But at some point, you've got to let it go a little bit too yeah. and let those mistakes happen or they're, they're never going to learn. Right. Um, if I j- keep jumping in on every job and fix every mistake, then it, they're never going to know how to fix it when they're in the field. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a little bit of that. And, um, you know, the, the, some of, a lot of the stuff that we do, you really can only learn when, by getting hands-on. I can't explain it to you. You can't read it in a book. You can't watch it on YouTube. You, you physically have to be there doing it because every scenario is different. Every house is different. Every backyard is different. So no matter how many jobs we do that sound like it's the same, every single one is different. And yeah. you've got to come up with a plan to make the project go. Um, and that only comes with time and, and experience. Um, yeah. So that goes back to if you don't give them the experience and the opportunity, then it's going to be me out there every day doing everything while everybody watches. And it's, there's no way to run the business. No, it isn't. But I, there, there are people, we fall into that trap. You know, there's a lot of people that you can do it. If to do it right, I got to do it, you know, but then you're, you're the one. Yeah. You get the whole crew out there just watching you, you shovel it properly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I get caught up in that quite a bit. I mean, I, I try, it's a, it's a huge goal of mine to try every day, to take myself out of the field um, and and try to, you know, run the business, but I'll always have some portion of myself will be in the business working, but to try to step out and let the guys do the work because they they're capable of doing it. I don't need to be there, but I get caught up in, you know, I'm trying to do everything the right way all the time. And so I have my hands in all different places. And then at the end of the day, I don't know what I've accomplished because I've done 50 things that I probably should have just delegated. You yeah. Know, so you get caught up in that and it, it's a constant battle to try to get out of that and, and really give the guys the opportunity to run. Oh, for sure. I mean, time and experience is what you said. 
some experience and there there really are some things that you just can't learn in a book you know yeah. uh, even this past summer i was trying to do some uh ski patrol stuff and and there's some pictures in a book and you're like okay yeah you know they they show like oh this is my hand here like stop motion pictures and you're like you can't you gotta you gotta get out and pick something up and hit it with a hammer or something you can't just look at pictures on some book and yeah absolutely you know. but to your yeah, point I, base skill but then you have to add in the wisdom of like well what happens when the the room is facing this way or the yard is in this direction it's that you weren't taught that well what do you got to do you got to use your brain right yeah and i can always come in uh, you know like the backseat driver i can always go up and say <laughs> i geez i would have done it like this or i could have done it like that and would have you know but give them the tools to be as efficient as possible and and you know anytime there's a mistake then we we meet about it we talk about it and fix it for the next one you know it's, it's the only way you can go talk about more it. about that talk more about how you handle when your team makes mistakes so we always every morning we have meetings before we head out to make sure that you know everybody knows what they're doing what we need for equipment where they're going um and then when you get on the job site it's the same thing it's a conversation about all right how are we going to attack this job what's the best way to go about getting what we need to get accomplished today done and then they go about their day. And at the end of the day, everybody meets that's on the job site to talk about what they got accomplished today, what they plan to get accomplished tomorrow, what they need to get accomplished tomorrow. Um, and so that piece there kind of holds the guys accountable for if something was missed or something wasn't done, you know, how did that happen? You know, it, we had two meetings, we did this, you know, we tried to cross all, all our T's to figure out what we needed to get done and it still didn't get done. So how can we go about being better about that. And it, I think it's just constant reassurance that it's going to get done. I know they care about it. There were just maybe some mistakes made and you got to take care of it. And sometimes it's, it's an expensive mistake where a, a material was, was, you know, put in the wrong way or the design wasn't exactly what the customer asked for. And it's one of those, what you've just got to take responsibility for it and fix it. Some mistakes cost us money and other mistakes, you know, you can just brush under the rug, but um, as long as I know that the guys care and that they, you know, it wasn't for lack of trying, then we can always fix it, but it's the constant as as communication. You know yeah. Yeah. It's the constant communication that is, as long as that is open with the guys and everybody's on the same page, you limit the amount of mistakes that happen. Well, I got to imagine you know, if, if you've got that attitude and that facilitates people being open and honest about messing up and not trying to hide it. You know, if, if they know that if you, if you fess up or you, you own it, you know, then, you know, you learn from it. Cool. But don't hide it. Right. Exactly. Because the biggest thing at the end is if, if the job doesn't come right out, right. And the customer is not happy with it, then it doesn't matter who did the job. You know, that it's, it goes on for against our reputation or whatever it may be. You know, a lot of the work that we get is word of mouth. So you want them telling their neighbor that we did a phenomenal job and everything was done to spec and, you know, it came out exactly what they wanted and it's their dream yard or project. And, and if that doesn't happen, then it, it goes, you know, it weighs on um, what everybody, you know, how everybody feels about the next project. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. Back to that earlier topic around learning and the fact that in the trades, learning is kind of built in. If you work at a company like yours, where you're actually, you know, investing time and attention to, to get folks experience. Uh, so it's built in, you don't need those other outside colleges and degrees. Talk to me about as you climb the ranks, were there any other resources 
you know, you had the experience learning different tools, but at what point are you learning like business things or invoicing and, and how did, how did you learn those, those sort of non-tradesy things, more of just the general business things as you rose to the ranks? Yeah. A little bit of it was on the fly, you know, Interesting, it, it, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It was a small family business. Um, for, for a time there, I was the secretary of the business, did all the invoicing, um, wow. took care of the books. We sent out proposals. Um, so some of that stuff was on the fly and I got to work side by side with my father to learn all that, uh, that aspect of the business. Um, and as things have grown, you know, a lot of it is just seeking out, uh, other guys that have the experience, uh, leaning on my father a lot for his experience. And, uh, and so because it was a smaller business as well, we were able to learn, you know, we would work on the job during the day. And then at night we were in the office meeting about, you know, whether we were invoicing or sending out proposals or what project was coming up and how we were going to handle it. Um, wow. So all that has just been learned over time yeah. to get to the point where we are now. It's really interesting. So, so almost all the, the necessary learning was sort of built in along the process. Yes, absolutely. Wow. So that's why, you know, you can say you, when you learn from the ground up, you know, it was all the way back to, you know, digging holes in the summer and, and then you learn as you go and you pick it up, but you can only learn it through experience. You know, that was yeah. the best way to do it. Uh, I, I don't think half the stuff that I know now you could ever learn at a school or, or by going to college or getting a degree. I mean, it's just all hands sure. on, on the, on the project. And uh, the more experience you have, then when different aspects of the, of the job come up uh, and like I said, mistakes are made, you have the ability to fix it based on the experience you've had in the past. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about now? Any, any podcasts or most recommended books you've, you've learned from lately? Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm more into the podcast. I'm usually yeah. in a truck or a piece of equipment. So I, I, I've been listening to uh, Entrepreneurs United. Um, oh, is a wow. really good podcast. It's another one about business owners uh, and their experiences and, and the lessons that they've learned over time. Um, that's a good one to hold on to. Okay. Yeah, that's something. I'll have to check that one out. Maybe we'll have the, have the host on our, on our show, you know? Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Get, get him over here. Um, <laughs> Or her, whoever it is. So cool, cool. Um, next question: Where do you, you where do you see the future going? Is there anything you're excited about the future? Things that are coming around the corner that maybe things are changing in business or, or the, in you know society as a whole. Yeah, I mean the most exciting thing for me is you know because I've been running this now for a, a little over five years. Um, it's every year to see the growth of. The business, the growth of the team, the success that everybody has. Um, I've turned from being an employee to, you know, being the employer. And so now I get to see the other side of it and see how the employees uh, grow and uh, how much, you know, more experience they have in the field and the different types of su success that they have, Yeah. Um, you know, personally and professionally. So, uh, and on the business side of it, uh, you know, because of, you know, the economy and the way that it is for us now. I mean, we really have some exciting projects uh, built up again for this year. So um, it feels like between the, the social media that we have and the projects that we have coming in, um, there's just a lot of really good things going on with the business. And so it's a good atmosphere. The guys are really excited to be here. Um, and so that, that's the piece that I find, you know, most gratifying. Oh, that's amazing. So good, man. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunities coming around. We're getting out of this COVID world and we're getting into, you know, wh whatever comes after it. 
So yeah, and and we, you know, unlike a lot of people, we we probably benefited from hmm. from that because everybody stayed home and everybody wanted to uh, invest in their property instead of going on vacation. And so it's benefited guys in my fields. Um, oh, yeah. We've had the opportunity to work with homeowners that are really invested in their property and, and, and have some really great ideas uh, that we've been able to make come to fruition. Oh, man. So good. You're right. It's good opportunity that if you're, yeah, if everyone's staying at home, they're looking out that window going, hey, man, I, I'm not going anywhere. Let me fix up that backyard. Let me fix up that house, fix up the area around me. Yeah, right. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, who are you, man? I, you got, you've, you've climbed through the ranks. You're a business owner. You started out in the wheelbarrow, like, yeah. uh, take me back in time, like little Ryan days, where did you grow up? What was it like? Did you know you're going to be running, running a company one day? Uh, no, I can't say that I knew I was going to be running a company. I guess, um, I, I grew up in, in Woburn, mass. Um, you know, my, my dad started the masonry business when, when he was in his early twenties and, uh, that's what I would do in the summertime when I get old enough, even when I wasn't old enough, you know, my mother would drop me off and let me hang out. And I was always into the trucks and the equipment and, and all that type of stuff. Anything that I could drive, I wanted to drive or I wanted to operate. I wanted to learn how to use it. Uh, and so naturally when I got into high school, uh, I became low men on the totem pole, my, my dad's laborer and, and, uh, and worked through high school and all through college uh, doing that and, and, uh, and then eventually got the bug to be in the business and really learn as opposed to when I was in high school, it was sort of, I had to do it. Uh, didn't want to be there. You know, all my friends were in air conditioned jobs and I was out right. digging holes and, you know, uh, but it, the older I got, the more interested I was in actually running the business and then really took, took the business serious and, and worked for my father full time and tried to soak up every bit of information I could get from him um, in order to help grow the business. Um, yeah. and, and so that's really how I ended up where I am now, you know, it's just yeah. constant work and sucking up everything that I can information wise to, to run this thing the right way. You know, I, I can imagine the, the high school you, right. You know, just getting some time in, um, but your dad, your dad was the owner then too, right. He, he yes. was like, yeah. I mean, cool opportunity. You learn so much, but that the risk of like being like, I'm the owner's son. It sounds like somehow your dad set it up. So it was like, you're, you're a worker. Don't you, don't, you're not the prince of the kingdom. Don't get mouthy. Like talk to me about that. Cause I know a lot of business owners think about having their kids work in their business, but like, it sounds like you guys did it right. Any, any thoughts around that? Yeah. It, it, there are a lot of stories about, about family businesses failing for that reason. Yeah. Um, and, and I just think that I, I've always had respect for my dad and, and that it was his business. Uh, he was in charge and you just did things his way. And that's really the way he treated me as well. He treated me as another employee when we went to work and we were best buddies when we weren't working. But um, we were there to do a job, uh, take care of the customer and then move on to the next one. Um, you know, so there, there, it wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, easy days you know, when we were doing it. And I think that just set me up. My mindset was when you go to work, you're there to work, you're there, to, you know, you take it serious and um, whatever needs to be done, everybody has to take care of it. You know, my dad still comes to work for me now a couple of days a week. And it, it doesn't matter what the task is. If I say, Hey, sorry, man, but we've got to go dig a hole today. Yeah. All right. We'll go dig a hole. We've got to get the job done. You know, that's always yeah. been his mindset. And, and that's the mindset that I carry on. You know, everybody, 
has to chip in somewhere. Doesn't matter who you are or what position you are. You know, we're here to provide a service for a customer and, and everybody has to jump in. So having that respect for him, um, I think I also earned the respect of the other employees that I, I was 100%. there to work. You know, I wasn't just there floating. I, I was there to work it, it, just as hard as everybody else. And I think it's also benefited me in the position I'm in now is this, there probably isn't anything I would ask any of my employees that I haven't already done you know, yeah. multiple times throughout yeah. my career. You know, I'm not just the guy that points my finger. I, I'm actually, you know, I, I've done it all. So um, I think that helps. I know what they're going through on a 95 degree hot day when nobody wants to be there, um, you know, and, and also when it's 20 degrees and snowing, you know, I'm in the middle of it with them all. Yeah. So I think that really helps um, feel like you're a part of the team, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's such great leadership. Right. And, and also no one can, no one can bullshit you on, uh, on how long it takes to do X, Y, and Z. Cause it's like, man, I, I've done that. It does not yeah. take eight hours to do that. Exactly. Yeah. You, you know exactly minutes. what's going on and yeah, you just have a little conversation the next morning. So what happened yesterday? Yeah. I've, I've been there. I've done that. You run into any problems. So. Uh, yeah, that's, that's true. I'm, they probably I'm always, don't encounter that. Cause they know, they know it's like, they, they know, they, they know. <laughs> don't they, even you, can try tell it. At the, you can tell at the end of the day, if you have a conversation, whether or not they felt maybe they should have gotten a little more accomplished that day or not. So. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's great. You, know, you and your dad, what a cool culture. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't see that everywhere. I mean, there's definitely places where you don't have that. And I think that just erodes the leadership and the communication and everything. So cool culture. You, you grew up in and then have, have continued on. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. It's been a lot of fun. And, and my dad and I now, I mean, it's, it's, it's even more fun now because he, he doesn't have the pressure of the business and he yeah. doesn't have the stress. So now he, he's really here and he just wants everybody to be successful. And, you know, he, he comes in with a whole different mindset of he's here to help. He's here to make money for, you know, for the business and, and really help us grow. So it's, it's really, it's been a nice transformation from, working for him to working with him. And, um, it's really worked out well. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure he's just loving it. Right. You know, it, it's almost like being a grandfather where you, you know, there's a baby, but you, you somebody else has to take care of it. Now you can just yeah. you know, hold it for a little bit, you know, give it some presents and then, you know, go home <laughs> and get some. Yeah. Sleep. Yeah. Well, on Wednesday afternoons when he's heading up to Maine, you know, I can see the smirk <laughs> on his face, like have fun. We'll see you later. You know, he knows he's, he's flying free. So right exactly exactly well tell me about it's cliffstone right what, what do you guys do what area are you in we're in the uh the metro boston area okay um, we're a full-scale masonry landscape and hardscape business um we have a, a a few crews that take care of your regular lawn maintenance and cleanups and mulch and that type of stuff we have a landscape crew that installs shrubs and sod and, and any of your landscape needs and the hardscape and masonry crew uh uh, are mainly, you know, patios, walls, fire pits, uh, that type of stuff. So the two sides of the business really tie nice together because a lot of our projects, you know, when you're going in to install a patio, you're tearing up the entire yard and ripping everything apart, and then you've got to put it all back together again. So um, the two businesses tied in together really nice. Oh, that's great. That's absolutely great. Um, I got a hypothetical question for you. Sure. I may or may not have a time machine up here in New Hampshire, up in Nashua. So let's say you come visit, we get some beers and you get to use this time machine and you go back in time and you meet that like 20 year old you 
or, or when it, whenever you started going full-time, maybe 19, whenever you started going full-time in the business, you get to go meet that version of you. Uh, what kind of advice would you give yourself? What kind of things would you tell yourself? There is a laundry list of things I would probably <laughs> tell myself. Whether I would listen to them all, I don't really know. But, right. Um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, I really wish that when I was in, in, in high school, I really, um, or even college, really knew that what I was meant to do was to run this business or run a business. You know, I think that um, it would have been great back then to, to really seek out um, some people that, you know, could really give me some, some real good information and influence me in the right direction um, running a business. Because I feel like I've learned that a little too, not late in life, but, but really, I mean, the, uh, the benefit of joining a group like EO uh, I, I seek out a lot of other business owners in the area that I see that they've succeeded and they've accomplished what I hope to accomplish someday. And, and the realization that, you know, people are out there, they actually, they want to help. They, they want to answer your questions. And for a long time, I, I tried to figure it out on my own or kept my circle really tight. And I've realized the more I've reached out, the, the more I've asked questions, the more real good information I've gotten in the, in the guidance, um, that it's given me, you know, sometimes we live in our own bubble in my office and try to come up with all the right answers. And you realize on the other side of the phone, you know, somebody might have some really great answers that you haven't thought of that can get you over the hump or, or get you out of, uh, you know, a tight spot or whatever it may be um, and, and really help you, you know, grow and learn and, and be a better businessman. Um, yeah. So I think that would be my biggest advice to myself is really to don't be, don't be shy and don't, don't be afraid to seek out help from other people. That's a great point, man. It's a great point. You know, you want it to, what's crazy is then you realize, especially on EO that, you know, the, the best leaders and the best people and owners are the ones that are constantly leveraging coaches and, and mentors and friends and forums and EO groups and all that so that their input channel is, is solid and they don't get isolated, right? That whole cliche of lonely at the top, right. Or isolated at the top. Yeah. Um, but making an effort, you know, to, to reach out and connect uh, so that you're not just trying to make decisions in a bubble. Yeah. And, and a lot of times you get caught up in, in, in your own life where you say, man, I, I don't have time for meetings. I don't, I don't have time to, <laughs> To, to set up phone calls and I've got all this stuff going on and you realize, you know, dedicate yourself an hour a day or, or something put aside so that you take the time to, to think outside the box and, and talk to somebody else that might give you some really good advice. Um, and, and really the, the amount of information I feel like I've learned just from, from starting to force myself to do that. Uh, it's been great. You know, it, it's been really helpful. Oh man, that's, that's great advice, I think, for yourself, but also everyone else listening. Just a reminder about reaching out and 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 where are you spending your time? Are you are you learning? Are you getting coached, mentored? Do you have the different uh, people to uh, to fill your cup, kind of thing? Yeah, That's, surround yourself with the right people. Exactly. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Well, hey, you know, we're getting we're getting out of the winter. I know we were talking a little bit earlier about going skiing all the time with the family yes what are we doing now i mean it, the snow is going away are, are you chasing it are you going like super north 
to yeah, find it. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the thought is there. I'd, I'd love to go at least one more time. That, that's really what I'd like. I've checked the conditions. I'm, I'm keeping my options open, but uh, my kids have sports now. The spring sports are starting up. And so you've got you've to weigh those options, trying to get them to come away with me when they have games and practices and all that stuff. I, I'd love yeah. one more, you know, but if the, if the snow's gone, our next step is uh, put the boat in the water and we'll just out water skiing. You know, hey, so there it is. Yeah, hopefully it starts to warm up soon, and and we'll start. We'll get back at that. That's true. But uh, right about now, though, it's that weird water. I, I don't know if you're throwing a wetsuit on, or you're just having a beer before you get in, because it it's still the water still thinks it's winter, even if it's, the snow is gone. It you know? is. It's too early. It, we we try. <laughs> if we could get a boat in by Memorial Day, yeah, you know, you might get a, a warm enough day that it's okay being on the water, not really in the water, not really in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that season's pretty short for me. It, yeah, it is right. Like yeah, it, July and take, August, maybe yeah. mid June to August, and then that <laughs> then wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, take, it takes that. months to warm that thing up only to have <laughs> yeah. it get cold again on you. Exactly. Come yeah. on. Yeah, man. Well, hey, uh, this is great. You know, you we talked a little bit about Cliffstone. Tell me where can people connect with you um, per- professionally? So, you know, LinkedIn or social, whatever. And then also throw websites at me, too, for the company. All right. Yeah, we uh, we have a, we're on Instagram as Cliffstone Corp. Um, we also I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, just as Ryan Bennett and uh, our website is Cliffstone Corp dot com all right and what's great about this too is you know a lot of eo boston members in the area and we're always thinking about doing projects in the backyard and you know what you never quite know who you're working with uh so that you know the idea to have heard this uh you know to certainly work with fellow eo members is always whenever we can i mean i always love doing that because you know the person you can relate you know there's not gonna be any issues there's there's trust instantly built into there versus just clicking on some random ads. So I would encourage all the you know, Boston members that hear this in the greater Metro Boston area, definitely to, uh, to reach out to Cliffstone. I mean, you know, hook up with you as well. Absolutely. That would be great. Awesome. Available this anytime. is great. Yeah, this is great. Well, thank you so much for coming on here, talking shop a little bit with me, sharing your story with me as well. Casey, thank you. I really appreciate being on. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun, man. And, and for those listening, if you've learned something, and I freaking know you have, because I literally have two pages of notes front and back over here, then, uh, then share this with someone else. If you learn something, share it with someone else. One person, 10 people, 30, 3,000, whatever. Whoever needs to hear this information, the idea of you know, thinking about what your team needs to, uh, what they need to learn, but also what are they really good at? Asking them. Having the communication open, working side by side. So many good nuggets in here. So many good things that can apply to so many businesses. So again, share this with someone else. And with that, thanks again, Ryan. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, Casey. Appreciate it. It's been great being on. This has been a really cool episode of Leadership in Action. We will catch you all next time. Leadership in Action is sponsored by the Boston chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization. As the world's only peer-to-peer network exclusively for entrepreneurs, EO helps transform the lives of those who transform the world.